Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Dark Insight. This is uh, episode 81, and this is Friday the 27th of October 2017. You probably haven't heard my voice for a while, because I haven't been on the show for, I don't know, about a month, or some, probably even longer. I can't actually remember, if I'm honest. Um, so, if you've completely forgotten who I am, I am your host for this episode. My name is Josh Crow, and I am joined by just one person today, um, because we've decided in the Dark Insight camp to do things a little bit differently this week. So, I am joined today by um, Mr. Charles Turner, who is currently on holiday in Australia, but still dedicated enough to come on the show regardless. So how are you doing, sir? Good. I just yawned as you were saying that, but I'm good and excited <laughs> to talk about video games. Good, good, good. So. And that's dedication to the cause. You're on holiday, and technically you are completely void of all responsibility, and yet you still step up to the mark. Well, part of this holiday was attending PAX, so um, PAX Australia. So it is it is somewhat work related when it comes to podcasting. Nice. Um, so yeah, happy to take the time to chat. Nice. Even your holiday is on brand. Yes, it is yeah, very much so. Um, well, and my other podcast, um, I ate at a kung fu burger place to represent uh, Crouching Tiger Hidden Podcast the other day. So God, look at that. <laughs> it, on brand. It's almost like the rest of us are actually working with a professional. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Maybe. Well, sometimes. Well, at least one of the four of us is professional, I suppose. <laughs> the rest of us are sadly lacking in that department. Um, yes, and like I said earlier, it's a bit of a different thing this week because Brian and Jeremy uh, can't actually record today, so they're doing their own separate show with a special guest tomorrow. Um, Vader and I couldn't make that show tomorrow so we decided to go ahead and just do our own little thing because we've got things that we also want to talk about um, so we figured that we just kind of give you guys something special and have two episodes for the price of one this week so hopefully that will turn out alright In terms, do you, know of, what, do you know what Josh? What's that? This is We've been going long enough we've got our own Civil War Marvel did it DC <laughs> did it America did it <laughs> we've Very got true. our own Civil War very true Josh. yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to figure out you know what what we actually are in terms of like what we what each side is fighting for because <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that it that applies to um the marvel and civil war because they really, weren't really fighting for anything worth it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it kind of vague yeah they were fighting about all all a bit ambiguous <laughs> which i think represents us pretty pretty damn well to be honest we're all well, ambiguous we've got our commonwealth yeah, exactly. Commonwealth versus the Yankees, so... There you go. Or, failing that, it's just video games versus <laughs> video games. <laughs> I no, wonder no, who's going to win that one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, there's no real strife. We're just, 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 just joshing you. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just the way that the schedule's turned out this week, so, you know. I don't know if this is going to come out as two episodes yet at time of recording. We're just going to have to wait and see. So we will see what happens. Um, 
But so we'll move on swiftly from that to chatting about the weather because you know, although Vader's currently on holiday, I don't want him to get back to find out that his house has been flooded or something. So we better <laughs> <laughs> we better cover the weather, otherwise, you know, yes. the weather gods are going to be very upset. So uh, how's the weather been for you while you've been on holiday? Because um, it's Australia, um, and it's the fiery pits of hell, and it's usually really hot, we pack for uh, quite uh, warm weather. Um, <laughs> and I was happily surprised it's been quite mild and uh, even a little chilly most of the week, um, which is more to my liking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday, it was ridiculously hot and got to 28 degrees um, Celsius. But luckily, I was inside at PAX all day with a nice air conditioning and so I didn't notice it until me and Odin left at five o'clock in the evening, and we almost died as we walked out the front doors. <laughs> um, so, and it's already it's already sixteen degrees, six thirty in the morning. So today's probably going to be another hot day. Yep, but today is also going to be an air conditioned day for you. So sweat patches will be at a bare minimum. Yes, it will. Yeah. Um, Oh, actually, it's going to rain later today, looking at my watch, um, so it may actually be a bit cooler today. Hmm. So it's been a mixed bag. Yeah. is too hot for me. Can't do it. Yeah, I know I know the feeling. 28 is too hot. And I know that that always falls into the whole, you know, being in the UK, so, oh, you always complain when it's raining, but then when it gets too hot, you're always complaining that it's too hot. I barely ever complain when it's raining because I like it. I genuinely don't really yeah. have a problem with it raining constantly. Um, I mean, that probably speaks more to my personality, I guess, because I just <laughs> I just like it when the world looks horrible and when it's miserable and cold <laughs> and wet and everything. Um, yeah, but I mean, oh, yeah, th- this is now, we're getting into like my time of year now. So I don't like the summer at all. It's as much as it makes me sound like a stupid little teenage vampire. It's just too hot and too bright for me. And, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I don't like any of that. Um, but so for us this week, it's been kind of mild. Um, we had a, a couple of chilly mornings. Yesterday was a bit uh, bit chilly, um, but it's been generally quite mild. It's been sort of raining on and off all week, yes, as is always the case in this country. Um, so, yeah, we, we had some nice sunshine when we left work earlier today, which is quite nice to get out of work at one in the afternoon to a nice day. You know, it always makes you feel happy when you know that your weekend's just started and it's it's not raining although that completely contradicts what i just said but even so there are certain circumstances when i do like the sun <laughs> you know they just well, you like clear so you can get stuff done yeah exactly yeah. so you know it's just those those instances are very few and far between but they do they do exist so yeah 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 so i, I like the longer hours during summer that's what i like i don't necessarily like the heat mm. But um, I like the longer hours so I can get stuff done in the garden after work and whatnot. Yeah, I can completely understand that. But unlike me, you like going outside. (laughs) (laughs) So I try to avoid it if I can, just because I just don't really like it. Um, I only do it when I have to. Um, Yeah, whereas most of my time gets spent A, indoors, and B, at night. I'm quite a night owl, so... It doesn't really matter how many hours of daylight there are, as long as I get my nighttime hours, I'm quite happy. Um, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just one of those weird folk. Um, yeah, so that's the weather. So we will move on swiftly from that to just cool stuff in general. So I know Vader's got a lot of packed stuff to to sort of chat about. So I'm gonna let him take centre stage for that in a minute. But first of all, because I haven't been on for a while. 
there was a teeny tiny little thing that that came out um, two weeks ago that, well, actually it was more than two weeks ago. I saw it two weeks ago um, that I was very, very excited for. And uh, you might have heard of it. It's called Blade Runner 2049. And uh, holy shit, that film, uh, that film is incredible. <laughs> uh, because the, th- the thing with that film is Blade Runner is one of those films where if you know anything about Blade Runner, obviously, you know, it, we all know it's based on the book and everything. And it's it's a cinematic masterpiece. You know, it is in terms of how you build a world in a film. That is like the example that you point to and say, you know, this is this is how you do it. And to know that that one wasn't very popular when it first came out, but then once it got sort of VHS and eventually sort of DVD and Blu-ray sales, that's when it picked up steam to now sort of be in this cult classic status. And, you know, obviously that has now been reflected with the new film that is currently going down the same path where its cinematic release hasn't really sort of served it too well. Although that is slightly worrying. I'm not too concerned simply because I know that it's merely just repeating what happened with the first film so i'm hoping that when when it is eventually sort of released on dvd and blu-ray that that those sales are going to pick up and eventually make them plenty of money because my god do they deserve it um it was but, it was a number one in new zealand for at least a couple of weeks oh i'm glad it was somewhere anyway um i can't remember if it was in the uk or not if it was it was only for a very very brief stint um which kind of annoys me because you know you get all the you get just to go off on a bit of a, a ranty tangent here. You get all these crap films that come out, you know, stuff like the Emoji Movie, and I still can't understand what people see in all the, the Fifty Shades of Grey films and and whatnot. I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, each to their own. You know, I'm not going to sort of slate you for you know, if you are listening to this and you do like all that, you know, f- fair dues, you know, whatever. But to have Something like that that is just, you know, kind of, in my own personal opinion, just throw away trash. And then, but people go in their droves to see it. But you get something that is made with such a level of passion and consideration and dedication to its original source material as Blade Runner. And to see it, not necessarily kind of die on its ass, but not do as well as you'd certainly hoped and, in my case, thought it would do. It is quite disheartening, but on the other hand, I saw it and I just fell in love with it. It was one of those films, and this doesn't happen very often. I could probably only think of maybe one other occasion when this has ever happened, come to think of it, where when that film ended, I was visibly shaking and I had tears in my eyes. And when we walked out of that cinema, I said to everyone I was with at the time, I said, you're just going to have to give me a minute here. I just need to sort of sit down and compose myself because that was <laughs> that I had to pick my jaw up off the floor at the end of that film. It absolutely blew me away. Just the, the, the direction of it and the cinematography, which I've been impressed with since I saw the, the second trailer. The first trailer didn't necessarily have me too hyped, but once I saw the second trailer thinking, oh, okay. I see where you're going with this now and you've got me on board. And to know that he wholeheartedly just took that ball and ran with it for all it was worth and just made, in my opinion, a modern cinematic masterpiece. And I hope that in 35 years' time, as it is 35 years from when the original came out, in 35 years' time we will look back on this film with as much 
awe and admiration as we do for the original because they both deserve it. I would say that the 2049 is at least on par with the original, if not better. And to say that it's better is an extraordinarily bold claim. And I'm not necessarily (laughs) willing to put my name to a claim like that because... It wasn't until after actually sort of watching this new film, I've just been completely obsessed with Blade Runner. I mean, so the the coat that Ryan Gosling's character wears in the film, I bought that coat. Um, you know, <laughs> what I've are you watched, pictures, Josh? Oh, I've I haven't got around to taking them yet. The trouble is, you see, I, I had a Domino's pizza before we ate it, so I don't really want to put it on because it's going to make me look a bit fat. <laughs> 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 so once I've um, yeah, when tomorrow once you know. That's all sorted out. I can I can get some pictures and you know I won't look quite so sort of fat in it. Um, but you know when when you've got a bit of a food baby going on, it's not the it's not the best look. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so just I had to just sort of say my piece on the show about that film because it's it's a bit difficult now at time of recording to say if you haven't seen it yet, go and see it because it's got very limited runtime cinematically now because you know. It's been a few weeks since it came out, so it will be moved on. But if you do hear this and there is a chance to see it at the time that you do listen to this, even like if you didn't get to see it in the cinema, but you listen to this in the future when it's out on Blu-ray or something, I cannot recommend it enough. Just make sure you watch the original first, just so you, you get a good idea for the artistic vision and how a city that a film is set in can be as much of a character as the characters in the film because my god like i said earlier that is how you build a living breathing world in a film and they just captured it flawlessly in this new one because i i was trying to temper my expectations for this because i got all excited for alien covenant earlier in the year and that burned me really hard they come out. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, mate, you're not really missing out on anything. Um, it wasn't really that good. <laughs> it was, in fact, it was terrible. Um, and to know that that was, you know, directed by Ridley Scott, who we all know, like, directed the original Alien, which is one of the best sort of sci-fi films ever created. And to see that he's kind of, in terms of the Alien franchise, at least, kind of lost it slightly. I just really burned me hard. So I was trying not to get too excited for, for Blade Runner. But when I heard that he was only kind of a, an executive producer and in actual fact didn't really have too much to do with the the production of the film in general. And when they had a new director, I was more willing to, to give it a chance. And uh, I'm glad that I did. And I'm glad that I got my expectations up high because it completely 150% delivered. And it's gonna go down as just one of the best films i've ever seen in my entire life it was just cool utterly utterly destroyed me i mean so there were times that i was sat in sat next to my girlfriend and she just heard me sigh all the time she kept leaning over and whispering to me do you do you not like it so no 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 you don't understand it, on the it contrary yeah like <laughs> this is just this is a sigh of ah oh, just you know to have something like this be kind of not remade as such, but kind of revamped and, you know, given a new lease of life with current technology, but to know that it was, you know, they tried to remain as practical with the effects as they could and that they pulled it off with such finesse was just something that I couldn't get over because most 
revamps, most modern day revamps and remakes and whatever, they're just a throwaway stuff, you know, they're just a, a dime a dozen generally, you know pretty much what you're going to get and it's just, it's going to be so just boring and predictable and full of two-dimensional characters and, but this just absolutely hit the nail on the head, it should, it was everything that it should have been and, um, yeah, if you couldn't tell, Good. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I can I can let you know they've made profit. Um, the production budget was one hundred and eighty five million, mm. and the worldwide box office is one hundred ninety seven million. So then that, that's production budget, but they've also got to account for the marketing budget because the marketing that's, for it was was quite Pretty extensive. Nice. Um, especially, uh, I don't know how I don't know how old this information is. It could have gone up since then. But they will make more money from DVD sales and whatnot, as you said. Yeah. So, so I'm just hoping that that's where it's going to shine because it really, truly deserves to actually have its have its place, in my opinion, in film history. Um, especially, see, I don't know, but I don't think I've seen the original. Um, oh, I can't man. remember if I have or not. If I have, it'd been when I was real young. But one of the things I only I remember about it is you mentioned the city being a character, and I, mm. I think I may be wrong. Like Blade Runner was like the first movie or one of the first movies to put like advertising in on the sets. Like mm. they had in the city, they had posters and stuff, which made it more mm-hmm. realistic because that's what we have in the real world. Yeah, um, and it, it kind of revolutionized set design for like cities and especially futuristic cities and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, so there are um, so many films that came out you know, after Blade Runner that could easily tip their hat to it as you know being a leading influence for building a futuristic science fiction city sort of thing. Because obviously, the the whole point of the advertisements is you know it shows that corporations run the world, and then that's why you get all the high rise buildings that are the you know the corporation buildings but then you get the the dirty sleazy slums at, at the the bottom so you know you kind of you get that that nice gritty noir touch to it knowing that you know the the corporations have got literally you know they tower literally tower above people um but it also makes for such a compelling sort of neon lit futuristic world that has been as a big love of mine since I was a kid um, I just love, love, love stuff like that, and I just every time I see something that does that, I just want to live in that world, and that's part part of the reason why I bought that coat is not just because I fell in love with the coat itself, <laughs> but because I'm one of those sad, pathetic people who sees a world and wants to be in it, so we'll buy a coat and just wander around. So I have every intention of wearing that coat out in the rain, like smoking a cigarette and whatnot, just listening to some jazz, just to pretend I'm in a film noir movie, just because I'm that kind of, <laughs> I'm that sad, and I'll freely admit it to anybody. But that's nah, just something like that. Clothes do that to people, like people do with that with clothes in other ways, like they put on a fancy dress or whatever to feel a certain way. So there's no difference than wearing oh, yeah. a cool coat from a movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you're not sad. You're a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, totally. just rock it. Yeah, I intend to. I intend to. Um, yeah. Heck, I wore a pink shirt and yellow pants yesterday with my hair spiked up so I could be Vegeta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Hi. Very true. Uh, well, well, speaking of which, so I will um, put an end to my Blade Runner chat and I'll let you just do your thing for PAX. I'm sure you've probably got plenty to talk about so far. Yes, PAX is, it was interesting. Um, I, 
there's not many big gaming conventions in New Zealand. Um, we have like a comic and game sort of convention called Armageddon in our hometown, Wellington, which may, I mean, people who listen to it would know. I've heard me talk about it, but it's quite small. It's mostly just shops. There's not much to mm. see and do. There's a few like um, guest speakers. Um, we had some people from Supernatural this last year, and we had, which will appeal to Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and and Chris uh, and also Jeremy, we had the the lead actress from I Zombie last year, I think. But anyway, it's quite small. But PAX is a much larger scale. Um, it's probably not as large as the American PAX, uh, PAX East and mm-hmm. West and South, whatever they're called. Mm. But here we've got PAX Australia, um, and so yeah, we thought we'd try and get to it, and we did. Um, took Oda along yesterday, and it was pretty spectacular like it's just a huge huge conference center and just thousands and thousands of people just wandering around um just enjoy enjoying games and the culture around it um yeah it was a lot of fun uh we though this this was uh, nothing sadder and funnier than watching thousands of nerds queued up for a game conference trying to hit beach balls through like an Xbox sign with a big hole in it. <laughs> like <laughs> it took a lot of attempts for some of these these dudes to, <laughs> to yeah. get these beach balls. Yeah. Uh, I can say some of them aren't the most athletic. Um, yes, it was very funny. <laughs> hey, I'm one of those people, uh, man. So I'm one of them. I'm hardly an athlete. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm one of those weird ones. I was, I was a jock nerd at school. I was, I was a hybrid. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I remember. You, yeah, you've said in the past. I remember now. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. captain of my rugby team, and also, yeah, loved all my anime. Yeah, um, but well, because I was captain of my rugby team, no one would would could argue with me and tease me about it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, so that was quite a funny. So they had. Um, I don't know if I've actually heard about it, but they've got uh, Xbox have a new subscription-based gaming thing. I can't remember if I've heard yeah. that announced. Yeah, no, I remember Pass. it being announced. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like Netflix. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Uh, maybe I have. Anyway, so they had that advertised, and you could by hitting a beach ball through the ho- the hoops uh, in the signs, the holes in the signs, uh, you could win a par a free sus- um, subscription. All right. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, um, so yeah, that was why we queued up. We got in there and center stage of the main entrance, we had Kojima Productions. Hey, uh, that was my boy. Nice. Uh, Odin was like not interested. So I'll, I'll, when I head back today, I'll go have a better look at the shop and, mm. and buy a mug or something. I don't know. Mm. Um, but I got a, a nice picture of this, the space suit, you know, the kind of iconic, well, newly iconic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, logo that uh, Kojima's working with. Was it one-to-one scale? Uh, no, this no. was half size. Yeah. Half size. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool though. Super detailed. Hmm. You know, when I see this stuff, I'm like, who do you get to make these things? Who actually makes these things like a mm-hmm. one-off prototype? Like, I wouldn't know where to start to look. Yeah. yeah uh, but but, the thing is, I'd imagine Kojima over as many years has gained many connections. Yeah. You know, but it's it's really detailed. Um, mm-hmm. I'll put, I'll try and post some pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I'm just going to, what I'm doing, just for people to know, I'm running through pictures I've taken just to remind myself so I don't forget what to things to talk about. Uh, if you've got any questions, Josh, jump on in. Yeah. Um, uh, we Then we went off to the Nintendo Square and we got a picture with Mario um, and his crazy hat. Um, and we got to try briefly the um, the new Mario Odyssey, which was released yesterday. Uh, but because it was cues and stuff, like I only played it for a minute or two, hmm. uh, and we we wandered off, and then we actually bought it at PAX. Oh, I mean, you I was did really buy happy. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we bought it at PAX. Um, it was fifty eight Australian dollars, which is about sixty five, sixty eight New Zealand dollars, maybe. So maybe yeah. God, you'll be going on holiday there more often, wouldn't you? Well, the interesting thing is enough enough I. Because Harvey Norman, which is like an electronics um, home appliance kind of store mm-hmm. here in New Zealand and Australia, mm-hmm. uh, they had like a booth here and selling like gadgets and whatnot and, and, and video games. Um, and usually back home, and I'm sure here they're, they're not the cheapest around. So I, I checked the price and they said 50. I'm like, dang, that's pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. So I I Googled it and checked. And yeah, like the, the cheaper stores had it for like, 70 80 so hmm. yeah i think it was 80 um so it was like 20 bucks cheaper it must have just been a pack special even though it was day of release um so yeah i picked that up which i was pretty stoked with yeah um sure. um i haven't had a go yet because we're at packs odin yeah, had busy. a go at lunchtime and we took a break mm. um odin's loving it he's he's playing it right now in the other room uh, he got up at like <laughs> 5.30 I think it was or something stupid to, yeah to I can't say I'm surprised I remember doing that when I was his age so yeah <laughs> yeah nah. uh, he's he thoroughly enjoying it um, yeah it, it seems fun it seems very and what I've heard it's it's very Mario 64 lots to explore and do mm-hmm. uh, the little play I had um, I wasn't a fan of the camera moving by itself but that's just a, that's just me. Like I, I have an issue when cameras move on their own. Um, but it's something you can definitely get used to. Yeah. And it, yeah, the jumping worked well. Um, but this is how I play for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. I was like in, in New Donk City, and it's just it's really strange having all these like real sized people running, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're running around them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it was fun to like jump on the um, and hit the like the zebra crossing signs and stuff and get coins um mm. yeah and yeah. bouncing off cars was pretty hilarious mm. well i mean so yeah. by, all, by all accounts the review scores seem to be reflecting that it's definitely a, a stellar direction for mario to be going in so everybody seems to be absolutely loving it today so i know the likes of uh john denton and whatnot he's been loving it he's just put up a, a video he's done with his his children so you know it's, it's the perfect game i think for i don't know for parents and, and children to kind of bond with because obviously the parents would have grown up with mario and the, the children get to experience you know a prime example of just how good a mario game can be with their parents so i think this this game is going to sell like gangbusters i think so i think that that yeah, might that might be potentially Definitely. why why you got it for a good price because they might have thought specifically as it's a, a gaming event if they sort of sold it at a slightly discounted price people there are just going to lap them up so they probably have made and will continue to make an, an absolute killing with this 
Yeah, and, and Nintendo being at PAX, they may have done a deal with with um, with Harvey Norman, the, oh, the yeah, store, sure. to try and get him at a discounted price. Mm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, was, I was really glad to have to get it. Uh, they even had Assassin's Creed Unity there, which was obviously released yesterday as well for a fair bit cheaper. I think it was down at like 65 or something. So a good 20 bucks cheaper. Uh, what did I say? Unity. <laughs> yes, because I hate that game. <laughs> so it's it's burned into my mind. Origins, you're right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to, I want to get that because Egypt and Eagles are sweet. Mm. But um, I, I'm in no, no hurry, I think, with that one. Mm. But yeah. it, it's playable on the floor. So I'm going to give that a good go tomorrow. Mm. Uh, today, sorry. Yeah. And if it if it does drive me really well, I may pick it up today as well. Um, yeah, what was I saying? Yeah, it, about the Mario game, yes, yeah, so I was playing. I think last week we were playing the Super Mario Brothers on uh, the, the Super Nintendo Mini, yeah. and Odin was way into that and was loving it. So as you say, like bringing that old to new um, um, has yeah. been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, there aren't there aren't too many games that are kind of bridge that gap these days. Like I was actually talking to one of the um, developers. Actually, she was on the marketing team for a, a VR game mm. uh, that Odin played. And we we talked about that about how that kind of playing games with your kids and if you're like talking about parents who aren't gamers knowing what's good for their kids to play. Mm. And something I've thought about recently is there aren't. We had, there are a lot of kid games and kid friendly games for Odin, but mm. it doesn't seem like as much as there were with the PS2. No, like, yeah, um, like there's a whole range of games missing. Like, mm-hmm. I want to pick up a game that I can play with my daughter, and yeah. she's not as into gaming as Odin. Mm. Just, Odin was like way he could play games by himself by the stage, whereas Arya still needs help. Mm-hmm. But if they're like. I know it sounds a bit cheesy and cliche, but she would love like a Barbie doll game. But mm. they don't make them for the PS4. They made them for the PS um, PS2. Like there's yeah. like a t- truck ton of them. Yeah. All these like more, you know. And I know it's stereotyped, but my daughter loves those mm. girly stuff. Like, um, yeah. So if they they made a game like that now, I would I would pick it up to play with with, with her. But uh, they don't seem to. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, it is a shame. But yeah, um, moving on to another fun game. I don't know if you've heard of the the, the app game called Dumb Ways to Die. There was like a Android yes. and, and iOS game. Yes. So, so yes, they I had a big, a big big booth. Odin loves that game. Like he used to play it with his cousin. Um, mm-hmm. His cousin is like twenty odd. He yeah. actually has a cousin who's almost thirty. So um mm. he's closer to my age than odin's but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he, he would sit with her and play it on her tablet and um and yeah he loved it but i've never picked it up dumb ways to die and but he he really liked it so they had a booth there and we got a little book which just shows all the dumb ways to die they gave us mm. but they've moved into vr uh they're doing <laughs> a vr dumb ways to die game and odin just loved it like um basically you are like like a power i guess god mode as odin would put it that you're controlling the little kind of dumb dudes yeah, and yeah. he's at a campsite and i'm guessing there'll be different levels mm. and this one was a camp and so you're trying to keep him alive mm. and so he can like, i saw odin he froze to death because odin didn't put him to bed and so he got cold mm-hmm. he walked into the campfire and burnt uh <laughs> odin put him in the pond and drowned him uh <laughs> 
it's just it's just it's really silly but it's it's perfect for vr because it's just a simple quick game you can play and you're mm-hmm. just standing there still and you're using your both your hands with the controllers and picking things up and like you can put a high vis um like a you know like a reflective vest on your guy to try and keep him safe mm-hmm. uh you can put out the fire if he walks near it um yeah it's it's yeah it's really cool really mm. pretty fun so when when you um, say vr was this um five or uh, this one was Oculus Rift. Right, they had yeah. it on. Uh, I talked to again. I, I she was part of the team. I don't know. I didn't ask her if she was. I think she might have been in the marketing team as well, PR. Mm-hmm. But it's a small dev team. Um, basically, we talked about. She said it's you know it's a lot more costs a lot more to, to develop for VR. So they're just kind of check, testing the waters with mm-hmm. it. Um, and so if they can pick up some publishers or. Uh, some support from the bigger teams they'll they'll try and move it over to to playstation vr potentially mm. um and i think oculus 2 vive is pretty easy to switch between the two so yeah i think it's um, it's not too dissimilar in terms of technology and it's probably best for yeah. them to try and do something that's that's not too um risk heavy you know so then that way if it doesn't take off in the way that they want it to they're not losing out too much but if it does gain enough traction um, they can get the support behind it and actually sort of put more time, effort, and money into it, which is fair. Yeah, enough. exactly. Yeah. Um, and I might as well, I, there's another VR game Odin tried. I mentioned it earlier um, called Paperville Panic. Yes, Paperville Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, this is the, the game when I was talking to the marketing lady from the team. Um, uh, it's another VR game. This one was on the Vive. Mm-hmm. And the, the premise is, is you're a, a firefighter, a rookie firefighter. For, I think it's your first day on the job, and you live in a, in a city made of paper. So <laughs> you can imagine things yeah. Yeah. very easily. Yeah. Um, and it does. It uses the warp movement technique. So you aim with your controller, and then you warp. Mm-hmm. Odin took to it like the duck and, to duck to water. Yeah. Um, and he, he loved it. He just he's like, I want it. And again, I asked him, will it come to PlayStation VR? And the, I actually spoke to, he was one of the programmers. There were a mm-hmm. team of like six or so, I think he said. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really cool meeting the actual developers. Like it's something that I've really been able to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so actually meeting the people who are programming and, and working on these games is really fun. Um, and I asked that and he said, like, he said, to be honest, to port it, it would take him and his team just as long to move it to PlayStation VR as it did to make the games. Right, um, okay. Because there's such a small team and it's such a learning curve, I think, is the main thing. Mm. Um, so he's not sure yet, but hopefully if they, you know, if Sony support it and help them with that um i'm sure they it could happen but it was a really cute looking game it had like a real nice uh simple art style um super fun premise where you're just trying to put out fires uh you so you start off with nothing you run into a, a broken down building and rescue some paper people mm-hmm. um you get a fire axe and smash some things down um perfect for move uh, moving controllers mm-hmm. and then you get a water pistol to try and fight the fire with mm. so not mm. super effective one you got surrounded by paper there's fire and then you have a water pistol to deal with it so mm. um but yeah Odin raved about it um <laughs> yeah sounds pretty um, cool we met some doggies 
uh, there was like a fundraiser that Destiny is supporting to help with abandoned and abused dogs, and they had some gorgeous-looking dogs mm. there. So we got to pat and cuddle with. Um, mm. Moving on. Sorry, I'm flicking through pictures to try and remind me. There were cars. There were real-life cars, the classic trope for video game racing, <laughs> but they were pretty sweet. They had an yeah. Xbox-branded Porsche, and it was yeah, it looked pretty sweet. Oh, is that the one <laughs> that they showed off at E3? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, shut off a faucet, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Um, I got to try Code Vein. Yeah, I saw you tweeted this out. So Yes. I didn't actually see any response to that, so I have no idea if you enjoyed it or not. Um, I did respond eventually, but oh, good, seen so we can discuss it. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts? Like, I know we've talked about it on the show before. It kind of got a bit slammed by the Souls community because Namco seemed to be, you know, riding that bandwagon until mm. <laughs> till the end of the earth. Um, what are your thoughts on Code Vein? It's a tough one. Um, I like the aesthetics of it, but I know next to nothing about it. I saw one trailer they did but they had like a very small snippet of gameplay and yeah it it looked all right um but obviously we're in this sort of this stage now where so many games get compared to dark souls and it's generally they get compared to dark souls for all the wrong reasons so and i feel like there is a big chunk of the blame that can be can be and indeed should be placed on um Bandai Namco and all that, but I, I think a, quite a substantial portion of the blame does lie on the fans as well because the fans don't exactly do much to, uh, I don't know, be positive regarding that particular series um, to the extent where some people I've met have been put off because of um, just people that they've encountered in the community who, you know, are less than progressive um they're kind of you know they're, they're slightly slightly aggressive towards them for just one reason or another and, you know i mean it's all stupid really because it's just at the end of the day it's a bloody video game it's just it's a series of video games and it's not anything to really you know lose your shit over to that extent because it's just it's code on a disc or in yeah. a or code in a code that then allows you to play said code you know it's just it's but it's just, I don't know. I'm going to be keeping an eye on it, but if I do end up picking it up, it'll be in a sale. I mean, I've got plenty to keep me going for a long, long time anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I see, yeah, I agree. Um, there have been some misses with uh, Souls-like, but I, I guess because it's so fresh, but we have Call of Duty and Battlefield because of what Wolfenstein and Doom did. True. Like, they, they, it's happened in other genres where things have evolved and copied, mm. and it's and we're only here where we are now because of what came first. Mm. And Souls is, uh, I guess, is a type. So I don't, I don't see it. I, I think it's great. Mm. Um, what, what's that saying about um, imit, uh, not imitation, but um, is is the, is the best form of flattery? Yeah. Um, yeah. copying or oh, I can't remember the word is but you know what I'm saying yeah I know so it's, it's because we, we love the Souls games so it's great that people are trying mm. but it's they need to get that they need to get the right stuff right mm. and do try and do their own thing mm. um, so the best way to describe Code Vein is 
when I was lining up and looking, it looked polished. I was like, yeah, I really like the look of this. It has enough of a that Souls feel, but it has its own look to it. It looked really, it, so it looked polished. It looked like a really well polished game. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel polished playing it. <laughs> like, I was going to say, I'm sensing a butt here. <laughs> I was actually quite, I don't know if it's just me and it's hard to play when you're in a crowd or, but it just, it was. I couldn't put the headphones on properly because I had Vegeta here. Odin was dressed as Trunks. We went cosplay um, because me and Odin, we have fun doing that. Um, mm. Odin likes the attention that we get when we're dressed up. <laughs> um, and so it was, I couldn't put the headphones on, so it was harder to hear, but mm. I had them kind of tucked on enough to hear some. Um, it felt a bit too slow for being like a vampire. What I'm guessing is like a vampire type dude. It felt a little slow and heavy. Our souls, like when you hit the dudes, it, you really feel that hit of the dudes. Yeah. Like of the enemies, like you really feel that hit. Yeah, it sells um, the connection. This, it felt more like your, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh Devil May Cry, sorry. All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those type of games where they're just slices of the sword that are happening. Yeah, it's more more about building combos and than dealing heavy blows. But that's the thing. It wasn't really about building combos. That's the Mm. thing. It still had the the Dark Souls Stanima heavy hitting. Yeah. but But it felt like you weren't connecting and the the spacing was ridiculous. Like you had a massive sword, like it was your full height body. And this was the small sword. There was a great sword you could switch to. Hmm. And the dude was like, it felt like he was in your face and it would swing and miss. Like it hmm. just felt weird. Yeah. Um, I couldn't work out the parry. There was too much going on on this. Like there's lots of, it looked, as I say, it looked really pretty when you were observing. There was like particle effects and stuff. But when you were up and up and on the, in the screen, it, I, with time, you're definitely going to get used to it and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just felt too complicated, too messy what mm-hmm. was happening on the screen. You had like a companion uh, lady who had like one of those fluffy Russian hats on and she was like, she had like a musket type thing, a, and no, my, uh, yeah, like a rifle with a, a bayonetta on the front. Yeah, and she was like shooting, and it, the, the bullets like exploded, and it just you, I couldn't see the connections that I was making because of those explosions. Mm-hmm. I was trying to work out the parry timing, and because those explosions would distract me. And again, with a bit of practice and actually having the game in your own lounge, living room, um, it may it may sit nicer and may work. But it just didn't feel. There was no kind of stagger, like oh, you'd hit enemies and they would just tank through them and then hit you. Uh, but it seemed like you got staggered. Um, it just it felt heavy and slow. The, the controls weren't responsive enough. Um, for, for my liking, souls you dodge, you've dodged. Whereas this, I'd push it and nothing would happen, and, um, and then it would dodge, and you'd or you'd be too late and you'd be hurt. Uh, yeah. It, I think one of the things that Souls does well is the the button queuing. Like you can queue things up at the right time. Like you got really good at working out at a certain animation. You could push the heel button, mm-hmm. and yeah, you wouldn't it wouldn't do it straight away. But as you ended that animation, it would then go into the use the item. Yeah. This didn't have any of that, and 
and so you would go swing and you go to dodge and nothing would ha- it wouldn't happen because you pushed it too early uh, yeah it's just the timing was off um and so i just didn't really sit well with me to be honest um mm. um yeah a little disappointing because i was going to ask you if it's maybe just because you know how some games fall prey to um just not translating well in a sort of like a convention type environment because generally it's hot and stuffy in there it's noisy so you can't really get into the environment but at the same time that could well be part of the issue but it does sound like despite that there could be a bit more going on here because all the the issues that you described with the combat sounds to be a bit more of a it's not just it hasn't hit that properly sort of refined point yet um so obviously cause yes. it's, it's still in development so you know it's, they are yeah, exactly so they, yeah yeah there they could be uh tweaks that would would be needed yeah um you know and it, it's they always it just, say it's not representative of the final product so yeah you know um yeah it just there's just lots going on um but yeah it felt the controls felt more lords sort of fallen heavy than dark souls quick if that makes sense mm-hmm. but it looks like it should be more like bloodborne because of the i guess the aesthetic and the character like you think you'd be this you know quite fast nimble dude whereas i felt heavy and slow yeah and that may change with stats like there may be stats and tied to those things i had a quick play in the menu um hey if i've got time i may try it again to, to today or tomorrow there wasn't yeah. actually long queues for it um just to be honest, I was I was somewhat looking forward to it because I like the look of it mm-hmm. um, in the trailers, and I was ready to give it a go. As you see, a lot of people wrote it off as another ripoff, but yeah. I was I was keen to give it a go, and I did. And I'm to be honest, a little disappointed. Um, but to be honest, it could be my me trying to play it like a Souls game, or more recently, like a Neo. <laughs> True, because <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Um, the combat on Neo is pretty tight. I really like the, the combat on Neo, um, and the dodge is X on that. And I did hit X a few times trying to dodge, so yeah. that might be my bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, take take my thoughts with a grain of salt. But yeah. I'd li- I'd really like to talk to someone else who's given it a go um, to see what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry to keep going on but another game that was a Souls-like before I forget called Sinner and I waited for a while to play this one mostly because there was a media dude um, and there was only one guy on the booth it's a small indie team um, and the PR guy was the only one there and so I had to wait quite a while because he spent like 15-20 minutes just talking the media guy off because I guess he's more important than the average punter mm. um, yeah um and it, again it looked good it kind of looked like it definitely didn't play like this it looked like my first souls you know like how you get those kind of series of books you know my my yeah, first yeah. train or whatever yeah, i know what you mean it, yeah. it, it still looked dark and bo- uh brooding or, or uh, um like a souls game or more like demon souls mm-hmm. it had that gloss of demon souls but obviously a higher resolution it had a very crisp resolution but it kind of was a little bit more cutesy, but in a still in a dark way. I don't know how to describe it. Like your guy was, um, yeah, like a bit more. He had a bit of a big head. He was like had a funny, more of a cartoony kind of body shape to him. Right. Okay. So kind of yeah. So it's hard to 
it's really hard to describe the, the, the style, but then it had your very Dark Souls bosses. Uh, but again, it kind of was like a simplified, cuter version. It didn't have that kind of level of grit and it had a Nito type character boss that you fought, mm-hmm. but he seems a lot simpler. Like Nito was a lot more to him, mm. like like the layers of, of the bones and whatnot, whereas this guy was more just cloak. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just driving. You know, I just Google Sinner <laughs> video game. Mm. Uh, I was interested by it. It's definitely Souls inspired, and I said that like I'm a big Souls dude to the guy, and he said that you're the guys we're after. Hmm. It didn't hit the the mark with me again. I only had a quick go on it because um, there were people lining up, and I didn't want to keep them waiting because I waited for ages to have my turn. Mm-hmm. It was a little too hard, and I think this is a soul a boss rush game mm-hmm. i think it's souls without the live like the the world i think it's more but i may be wrong the, he, the guy did say that they were working they were adding in more story and more npcs that you just talk with yeah it's more just concept at this stage um but they really were uh, like doubling down on the difficulty like i was doing i played two bosses i played the, the poison nito type boss and then i switched over to uh uh, more like Tower Knight from from Demon Souls type boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I was doing really well, and I was dodging. I was getting the dodges down, and I was doing it, and I was working out as some of his patterns. And then all of a sudden, just one shot it. Like couldn't really see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's but yeah, so a bit too hard at this stage. So I think I. Yeah, but again, if you're playing from the beginning and actually creating your character, it might work a bit better. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. So I, I'm keen to watch this space. More so, just to be honest, in Code Vein after my hands-on with Code Vein. Mm. Uh, so that's Sinner. Um, cool. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, I'm going to try Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighters. This is... I honestly think this is disease just for the fighters, plural, not actually Z to said Z on the end. Mm. I don't know. Do it can, it can fall into either camp, I think. It can fall into either camp. I think it's depends on which way you want to say it. And I think the people who are really going to love this game the, uh, might be the forgiving kind where it doesn't really matter how you say it. It's, you know, just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I've heard an awful lot of hype surrounding it. Well, I've liked the look of it. It looks great. It looks really good, and uh, and I can I can say it is fun to play. Mm. Um, definitely can see that it's going to be um, one of those ones that's going to be real hard to master because mm-hmm. it's so fast. But what they do really well is it just it it makes it fun for us retards and people who can't play fighting games feel like a badass. <laughs> I've played a fair few Dragon Ball Z games in my time, fighting games, and a lot of them are very hard to yes, they are. pull out the yeah. moves. And they tend to be, you end up just punching and kicking, and that's not what Dragon Ball Z is about. <laughs> it's about being a powerful dude. Hmm. Um, so you can do a fireball by just hitting X. Um, Odin went uh, Cell and worked out that he could do like a, um, uh, do a do do that, and he just spammed it. And because <laughs> I'm not very good, it took me a while to work out how to get around him just spamming it. 
because um, his cells one was a beam, so it covered the whole screen, not just a little fireball. Um, so it was harder to dodge. But um, yeah, it, it makes you feel really powerful, like these Super Saiyans, like you're in Super Saiyan form. So like you can blow up a planet if you wanted to. That's 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 how powerful you are, hmm. and you feel that powerful. Like there's just oh, it's just it's, it's so much fun. It just really really good even if you're not a fighter person and i'm not i'm not a fighter fighting game person it felt fun right straight away um you get to choose three characters and you can switch out you can do assists um we played on the 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 fighting uh sticks you know you get the with the the arcade style Mm -hmm. they had those laid out and i'm not really good with those um so i think i'd rather a controller to be honest but it was fun to to jam on one of them um oh yeah it just, it just looks amazing like if you like dragon ball z you're gonna like this game like it just looks good and yeah and the transitions are really cool because you've got the different characters if you lose it you can you can switch out you can do assists hmm. bring, and bring in like um your characters would your spear characters will jump in and like do like a uh, Kamehameha or something or yeah, yeah. or help you take out the dude and so they're really good to pull off if you're um if you're on the on the ropes like you're being pushed back against the the edge pull out a, a an assist and it can help you get out of that situation uh if you i can't remember which buttons it were i think it might be the l1 r1 if you hit those at the same time you do the classic uh like warp you move so you know the dragon ball z if you move you move they move so quick they it looks like they're teleporting mm-hmm. um and it even has the same cool sound effect. The shoo, shoo. I can't do the sound effect. <laughs> but it was super cool. Um, if we had Jake, he'd edit that in. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you could do that, but it used your energy you built up. So you only could do it so much. You could kind of walk behind your opponent. Uh, when you transitioned fully to either if you your guy uh, d- got knocked out, it did... Um, just so smoothly like an animation where your new character jumps in and you kind of like kind of go head to head and do like that versus screen mode that a lot of fighting games do where like mm-hmm. the, the character so it zooms in but it's all like dynamics like the like the flying in to like fight each other no, and then it's zoomed in to show you who's versus who and then it pops back out and then you continue fighting seamlessly like mm-hmm. it was just so slick and this is like mid fight not like the start of the fight this is like mid fight mm-hmm. Uh, super slick, yeah. Really, really, like, really, really keen to get this one next bit when it comes out. Nice Dragon Ball Fighters. A Dragon Ball um, Fighters or Dragon we Ball tried, Fighter. <laughs> yeah, we on uh, this is the Namco area. We also tried Nino Kuni. Uh, they had like five playable areas, like little missions. Um, Odin played like a, a, a larger scale battle. Where you're like, the, all the characters looked a bit more chibi, like cuter, and you had like a whole bunch of minions, and you're commanding them. And then I played like a trial, like I think it was like trials of the king or something. Um, and it was I fought, um, yeah, it was like a big, like Nino Kuni one. It was like a, it was a big boss, and you ran around, and you had two kind of human. Uh, assist characters who were fighting as well mm. and then you had your pokemon type characters running around as well uh that you could command um but yeah it seemed pretty good um 
you have a lot of abilities, a lot, lots of things you can do. It looks great. Odin was just loved the style of it and was mm. keen to get the game. Um, I kind of wonder. I just I always find it hard to invest in those like these long RPGs. So it always mm. puts me off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. We met. Uh, well, we got to meet. A, we got met two Gokus <laughs> while we were there, <laughs> which is fun. Um, I'm trying. I feel like I'm talking too much. So no, um, no, carry totally on. Shut up, <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> I, I need to shout out this game. I think this is the last game I'll talk about. But this is this game is Goblins Goblins of Elderstone. Um, they were super cool dudes. We met the developers. There's two of them. Um, uh, I had a good chat with one of them. They they're from New Zealand. So huge shout out to them. Um, their game is being released on early access on Steam next month. And if you are a city builder ga- gamer. Uh, check this game out. Support these dudes. The two guys are making it. They, uh, I, um, he gave me. He chatted to me for like twenty minutes. Gave me the time of day to, to just talk to me and let me ask some questions. Yeah. Uh, while Odin sat there and played the game, it was super cool of them. Um, the game looks awesome. If you Google it, there'll be pictures. Uh, I think some YouTubers have access to it already. Um, basically, it's a city builder, but instead of making a human city, you're making a goblin village, uh, and it just you can choose different gods to start your campaign with and that changes your your development tree and your like your uh, research tree and how you progress through the game um it looks super cute to start the, the graphics and the goblins uh the seasons that that filter through the dude said <laughs> this is their first game they're releasing as a as a new studio Right. Um, and he said, "Like it's way too big." And he kind of was like, "He looked tired. The poor guy looked tired. He's got a full time job. He's doing this as a, you know, as a, you know, because he loves it yeah. on the side, um, trying to fund it with his own money." Mm-hmm. Uh, they did start with a bigger team, um, but one of their one of their um, lead uh, developers was working on a, his own game on the side, and he encouraged him to like submit it for like funding and he got funded and he was there at, also at PAX in the indie showcase. <laughs> so he's like, he's a bit of sweet for the, for this guy. He's like, he's super stoked for his mate who got, um, who got, he got funding for his own game, but you know, it, it, it made it harder for him in his own development because he's lost one of his team mm-hmm. members. Um, but yeah, like if it looks great, Odin just, just like, wax lyrical about this game. He, he's, he loved it. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, uh, so that's Goblins of Elderstone. Uh, so if you're interested, it's on PC at this stage. Uh, uh, early uh, early access next month. Um, so if if that's your if that's your jam, pick it up. Support this team and the, the local boys from from New Zealand for us. So we're, yeah, so mm. extra special for to get New Zealand on the map. It's on your home turf. Yep. Um, yeah. So. Uh, other things we we there's a board game section we bought a board game we met the people who um who uh could teach us about it so we really like the look of it it's called oh, i find it hard to say i always want to say king domino but yeah king i got it right king domino <laughs> <laughs> and it's a tile based building you're building like a mini kingdom uh mm-hmm. with the, the same idea as dominoes where you've got to match um territories up oh um, yeah yeah so you, and you're trying to build points it's, it's i won't explain it too detailed but it's cool to meet people um, and sit down with people who can teach you about the game um before buying it uh you don't get that in i'm sure you can ask in board game shops 
but you don't always have a display. So it was really cool to be able to go into a booth and sit down with some guys. They say, this is the game. Um, teach you how to play it. And then you really know if you really want to just take a risk and pick it up. The actual reason why we saw it is because we, we saw it at a booth and it was like really huge tiles mm-hmm. and like the little like wooden blocks that went on top of it were like, you know, like three inches tall. And I was like, that's cool. And it was like massive. And I asked the guy, he said, oh, sorry, I don't know how to play the game. I'm like, that's weird. Why have you got it here? He goes, go over there. <laughs> um, and so we went over to another booth and they had the game for sale. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, those are the published other the printers. That's the booth for the guys who make the actual physical game. <laughs> and they made an extra large version oh, as a display model. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. So we... we it, it was the one we got was like quarter of the size of the one they had on display. Like mm. it was, um, which is much better, much suited, more suited for us flying home to New Zealand. Like very much so. <laughs> that big one would be a bit hard to fly home with. Um, but yeah, it's it a cool little game. We played it last night with the kids. They picked it up straight away. What I like with it, it's a 15 minute game. I think we took 25 minutes for our first time. Um, but it's really quick and easy to play. Um, and it changes every time. So yeah, that's yeah, a little board game corner. Um, I don't know. It, that was PAX. Um, so far. Anyway. I don't know if I've said Yeah, so far it's it's been good. So, so today I've, I'm going to jump on God of War. Ooh, um, nice. I'm going to jump on Sea of Thieves. We've got, they actually have a, a, a ship, a sailing ship outside of the convention center where you can go play the game. So I'm nice. fully getting on board there today. Nice. Quite literally. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to try Assassin's Creed. Oh, Detroit. They've got playable Detroit. So I'm going to oh, get onto yeah. that. Hmm. Um, so a lot more to come. So I'm super ex- excited. To, um, and it'll be good. Um, Odin got a bit pretty tired pretty quick. And some of the games he's not going to play. And so it'll be bit boring by myself but also a good i can just jump in and queue up and do whatever i want to yeah yeah um today. so if anyone's got uh, if you've got any questions that's in my way i might tweet out and ask people for questions and what they want me to try and hear back um it'll be too late by the time this episode comes out um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Quite true. so that was nice. a lot of talk about packs and i hope that wasn't boring for people but i've had a lot of fun um hmm. Yeah, well, it sounds like a good time. I've never been to um, a gaming convention before. So, I mean, this year was the first year I'd ever been to uh, Comic-Con. So, uh, this is all kind of new uh, territory for me that I've never experienced before. I'd love to go to an actual gaming thing like EGX or something like that. Um, yeah, that's that sounds like my kind of jam. But one day, one day that'll happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it does sound fun. So well, this is the closest one to me, so yeah, yeah. That's, I, I made, made a way to get here. Yeah, well, I mean, so it was quite handy, you know, as we're talking in the, the sort of the virtual green room, and it did actually work out quite well for you by the sounds of yeah. it, with everything that you got yeah, going on. So, so yeah, so what Josh is referring to is my wife is a fashion designer, and Dior, the fashion brand, uh, fashion house, is doing a, a, a very exclusive um showing a show last night uh, exhibition which my wife managed to go to with her sister who lives here in melbourne so mm. um she was pretty ecstatic by that she texted me like 10 30 last night because she stayed at, at her sister's in town and saying that 
the, the, this exhibition's fantastic. So she was super happy. So yeah, as you nice. just said, it worked out. And we've got a family holiday around on the side. Um, yeah. Lovely. It's pretty good. Couldn't be any better. Um, but yeah, I think that's most of the stuff I had to talk about. Um, All right, then. Well, yeah. I suppose we, we could use that to uh, hop into the actual, the proper game chat. Um, so I suppose that I can go first. I mean, I've got only a few things on this list. Some of them I don't really have too much to say too much about. Um, I'm going to say a very quick um, thing about... Uh, obviously, we've just had Wolfenstein 2 literally come out you know, at the time of recording today. My copy turned up a day early yesterday, so I, but I didn't really get a chance to play it. Um, so I, I made a... I didn't realise that was out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so we've got Assassin's Creed, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2 all in the same day. <laughs> so that is... Well, now you think of it. Now you've mentioned it, my brain is remembering seeing on the wall this, of the shop where I bought um, Mario Odyssey, Wolfenstein, but I wasn't thinking about that at the time. Mm. So it would have, been, I, my brain would have just assumed what Wolfenstein won. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now you see that it's in my, in my, in my brain cavities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's out too. Yep. Yeah. I'll I mean, check the price of that when I go back today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if they'll have any sort of demo units. If, they do i would hope that it would be kind of just on non-contextually halfway through the game or something because damn is uh, the start of that game pretty hard hitting i mean i'm not going to go into like anything about it obviously it's day of release so you know that is an absolute no-no but yeah yeah, no spoiler. yeah yeah not a single thing but what i will say is just if you listen to this take this as being forewarned is forearmed because I don't want to say this without sort of coming across as being sort of, I don't know, patronizing, condescending or whatever, but if, <laughs> if you are, if you are kind of, I don't know, should we say emotionally sensitive to, I don't know, obviously, you know, it's, it's a game that's got Nazis in it. So you, you're going to get that kind of that thing. Uh, you know, I don't even want to address it sort of head on because it's a, it's a disgusting thing anyway. Um, but you're going to get that thing that I don't need to say. Um, and there is a bit more to that as well that is going to very much tug on your heartstrings. Um, so just just try and make sure that you're playing it in a good headspace because if you're in a bad headspace, it's going to make you feel like shit. Um I mean, I even I was in a, a very good headspace when playing it, and I just sat there and thought, "Whoa, this is a bit heavy." Um, yeah. uh, I'd say that's probably the, the heaviest opening to a game I've played since The Last of Us, um, which had a which had a bloody heavy ten minutes, that's for sure. Because um, the Wolfenstein One had a quite a full on start, didn't it? It, it did. You're in the in the um, you're recovering from your coma. Yeah, well, I mean, there is when you actually start the game, there is a kind of a small catch-up video that fills you in on the major plot points. So, I won't necessarily say it's essential to play uh, the New Order before going into this, uh, okay. but it would make sense if you did, just because that game is fantastic in its own right, um, and you will get a better grasp of the story. Um, and the only thing I will say literally about the story in this one is it seems to pick up from the very moment that it leaves off in the, the new order so 
You know, it, it's it does because I because uh, I I had no idea as to the amount of time that had passed between the end of that and the start of this, um, and it seems to just because it, in the little clip video it sort of it shows like where you are in the final stages of the game, and then you seem to just sort of continue from exactly that point. Um, so it is a direct tie into that, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to sort of really getting stuck into that. That's my main sort of project now, um, because cool. I I did finish uh, only about three hours ago. Um, I bought uh, South Park, uh, the fractured butthole, oh, yep. which came yep. with uh, code for Stick of Truth, which I hadn't actually played before. So I thought, again, there's no point in playing the sequel without playing the first one. So I've been sort of playing that over the past week, and I managed to finish it three hours ago. And I have to say, that consider- considering it's a, it's a turn-based strategy game, I've really enjoyed it. I really absolutely got a lot out of it. Because um, turn-based strategy is not my thing at all. Um, I tried to sort of get into it with XCOM, Enemy Unknown, and I could see where the fun was in that, but just my brain cannot handle that kind of the way that combat is presented. It's usually, it's too fiddly and there's too much to it. And I like combat that's actively engaging, not where you, you just stand there and pick an option and, you know, you just watch the character do it for you. Um, So the only two exceptions I can make to that really is this South Park, because I'm a big fan of South Park anyway. You know, it's it's always been very funny to me, and I, I've always enjoyed it. And uh, Persona Five, just because of the sheer sort of the stylistic um, aesthetic to it, means I can look past the combat because it's just so cool to be in. Um, <laughs> and that's another one I need to get back to as well. Come to think of it, um, yeah. But so um, picked this up, made a start on it last weekend, and yeah, absolutely loved it. The Let's combat. Sorry. That's good going. How yeah. how many hours? Uh, I couldn't find an actual counter within the game, but I would hazard a guess, say, about 16 to 20, give or take. That's, that's not too bad. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's my biggest deterrent with RPGs, because it is styled after Japanese RPG in some ways. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. with the, the, the combat and whatnot, but I... They're like eighty hours. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. It's just slow burn. But then there's there's it's a lot more to burn. those games. Whereas this one, I mean, there's there's quite a lot of side quests, and I think I did all of them. I think I did every single one. So that, and I did go out of my way to do some of them because some of them were a bit, a bit fiddly and a bit sort of I don't know, not rubbish per se, but just the thing. The thing is, some of those um, side quests is in a in any other game of this type you would see it as padding um but because it's south park and because you know the kind of humor that they're spinning with every episode you kind of get the impression that it's very self-aware and that it knows because those guys play games it knows that it's padding it out so it makes a conscious effort to do so um just because it knows it's going to annoy the player which it almost did almost because it was getting to the point where thinking yeah okay i get the joke now can we just move on but by the time i was starting to feel that way it did that part did actually come to an end so i thought oh that's that's not too bad um a couple of downsides to it i'd say um two fights in particular had a massive difficulty spike 
Um, but it was only those two fights. Even the final boss fight was just a cinch. Just absolutely no trouble whatsoever. But there were just two fights in particular that just took me ages. So one of them I couldn't even do for a long time just because I could not figure out how to do it. Um, so I had to Google it and I read a couple of forums and whatnot. And people were saying, well, if you use this particular character, you can use their ability to do this. And then that helps you in between turns and everything. So I tried that and that did eventually work. But that fight was a pain. And then there was a fight sort of leading up towards the final boss fight that just had... Um, it was just basically zombies, but the zombies had kept reviving, and it after, seemed to be after a set number of turns that would happen. So you'd sort of you'd get one enemy down, and then you'd spend another few turns getting another enemy down, and maybe doing some more damage to a different enemy. But by the time you've actually knocked down one of those other enemies, the one that you did before has actually revived. And that happened quite a few times, and that was beginning to get on my nerves because it just felt like the odds were deliberately stacked against me. Um, yeah. And that was a bit shit. But overall, those two things were just the kind of the complaints, but they're, they're quite minor ones, really, because I did quite enjoy my time with it. Um, there are some parts um, in the European version which are actually censored. <laughs> Because the oh yes, I've heard that. Yes, yeah. yeah, I did. I did Google those parts. Um, one of them is kind of replicated further on down the game. Um, I could see where the potential offence could come, but if it it seemed to play out exactly the same as something else that happens later on in the game, so I could kind of see it being. <sighs> It's difficult to say because it's, it's a particularly dodgy subject as well. It's vague enough so that you have an understanding of what it is you're doing, but it's not vulgar enough to be too on the nose with it, if that makes sense. So you was it? What bit was it? Was it the bit with the dude's balls or? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the bit. I, I'm not going to go into it um, too much, Fair but it enough. was it was the bit where you dress up as a surgeon um, and you're in a should we say mm. a specific kind of um, clinic that is mainly for females? Um, so there, there was, uh, okay. yeah, there was a particular um, sort of mini game that was tied to that. There was what I call a teeth drying moment where you just go, I'm not sure how you're going to like swing this one. Um, but yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But so what they did was they had kind of like the European flag come up and they actually had a text box at the bottom of the screen saying that because of uh, European regulations, um, we are not allowed to see it. So they were just kind of giving it an extraordinarily basic breakdown just to give you the absolute gist of it, but without going into too much detail. Um, so which, which, you know, it accomplished its goal. Um, I just more Googled it out of intrigue just to see how those bits actually panned out. Um, and, you know, to me, you know, I could have gone through that without offence, but obviously everybody's different. And I'm not here to say, oh, you shouldn't get offended by that or whatever, because that's not what I'm about. Um, so if people were to get offended by that, then that's perfectly understandable. Um, but so just there is something similar to that one thing I mentioned, which is kind of ex- plays out pretty much sort of note for note the same. So um, it's the kind of thing where, you know, the balance can be struck 
in a way where it's it's nuanced because it's not humanized in a way I, i'm treading on eggshells here because it is such a uh, such a dodgy subject but um yeah but those bits were censored i don't really feel like i missed out because they were censored i still had a great time with it it made me laugh pretty much constantly all the way through like my 17 20 hours however long it was um just because I'm a massive lover of South Park and it was just absolutely, it had me screaming at some points. Just some of the things you do. The favourite part of the game was um, where you, um, basically the the game sort of rolls in days and you can like accomplish an awful lot in a day, but then eventually your parents will come along and say, where have you been? We've been looking for you all day. You know, it's time for you to go come home and you're grounded and you're going to bed. So you go to bed, but every night something weird happens. Um, and on one of the nights you wake up to this load of gnomes that come out your skirting board and they start stealing your, your underpants. Um, <laughs> so, so what, what you do is you follow them and you have a fight with them. Um, and they give you this power that, um, oh no, that's it. No, they shrink you. No, that's it. No, you have a fight with them and you defeat them real easily because you are massive and they're really small. So it's just one hit kill basically. Then it's a cutscene where they shrink you to their size. So then it's a more fair fight, but then they run back into the skirting board. So you have to chase them. And then there's, you know, there's a whole rigmarole and the, the entire thing culminates in, fighting this one gnome that's got the power to actually restore you back to your normal size. <laughs> but you, you have to fight him on your parents' bed whilst your parents are actively having sex on the bed and you can see things happening in the background. <laughs> and it's just... Oh, I was absolutely... Awful. I was absolutely <laughs> dying. I was dying. And then there's just one part where in between two turns... There was something. Oh, what was it? Uh, the gnome character said, "Ah, oh, the bridge is coming." And then it just says, "You got to press down on the right stick." And you press down, and there's just, <laughs> it's just like a, a set of balls that just swing straight towards you. It's yeah, that's what I, I yeah, remember yeah. hearing about. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Oh my god, it had me absolutely screaming. I was like, "What is going on here? This is mad." Um, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <not> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah um overall i had an awful lot of fun with it um good yeah so you're excited for the next one or are you burnt out on this type of game um well i mean i when mrs said to me he said oh you're gonna um get straight into the the next one i said well i don't really want to hop straight into it because as much as i enjoyed that combat i feel like if i go straight into another 20 hours 20 plus hours worth of that combat i'm gonna burn out on it pretty quickly so what I'm going to do is I'm going to step back from it. I'm going to play Wolfenstein first. Um, and yeah, then uh, So I'll just take a break from it. And then once I've done Wolfenstein, I'll play the sequel. Um, and then by that point, I'll have sort of had a break away from it. And I'll be up for doing that kind of combat again. Um, just because... Yeah, so I did, so I I did that with uh, Dishonored uh, mm. 1 and 2. I got Dishonored 2 and got Dishonored 1 free. So mm. I played that first and then went straight into Dishonored 2. And I didn't get very far into it i yeah. just, was enjoying it but it was just too much of the yeah. same um, yeah yeah and i skipped a dlc of the first one for that reason because i was just getting i was like no nah, i played too much of this now i need to yeah mm. yeah dishonored is, is one of those games where i like to have quite a long period of time between 
um, playing the different games because I learned to appreciate and love them more. I haven't actually added it to the list, but I did play a bit of the the new DLC, the uh, Death of the Outsider DLC. Which... Oh, it's, it's standalone, isn't it? Yeah, it standalone. is standalone. Yeah, yeah, um, and it seems to be. I mean, it's arcane just doing what they do best in terms of world building. Um, yeah, I mean, so Prey had exactly the same um, strength earlier in the year. Um, so I'm played too much of it it's kind of it's one of those games where i can't really talk too much about it because most of my time spent playing dishonor games is just admiring the world that they've created so i couldn't really comment too much on the story although there is a story and i am enjoying it um most of my time has just been spent actually just sort of gulping at the world and just finding all these little hidden pathways that they put in there and it's got that, you know, very much the kind of thing that we've we've uh, learnt from sort of Bioshock and System Shock Two, where you walk into an environment and you just see that something's happened, but you are completely devoid of any context to the situation. So you kind of do a bit of digging, and then it gives you kind of dots, and then you have to join the dots in your own mind. But sometimes the, what happens in between those dots is a bit ambiguous, and it's more kind of down to interpretation. Um, so there's definitely more of this, but it it is quite quite good from what I've played so far. Um, so again, yes. I, haven't, I haven't put too much time into that, but um, yeah. So Dishonored is one of those games. I try to be as stealthy as I can. I'm not very good at it, but I don't really <laughs> care so much because it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I just yeah. love being in that world. Yeah, I bet it, yeah. It's mm. good. They, just the art style is great as well. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the art style. Although it doesn't look particularly sort of refined, you know, in this day and age of stuff like Horizon Zero Dawn looking absolutely incredible and stuff. You know, it, it's not like the most pin-sharp art style, but it doesn't matter because the art style is unique to itself. It's, it's a, yeah, exactly. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn looks amazing. Yeah. But it, it just it's just fancy graphics, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, oppressive. Yes, but yeah, for sure. I, 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 I take I take the style over fancy fancy polish. Oh yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's looks great. Like it just looks like an oil painting. This even Dishonored one hmm. just looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I'm one to I can appreciate just a, a stunningly gorgeous looking game. So Horizon or. Um, and try to four as well, so get that running on a on a pro on a four K TV, and that's incredible. But that's more kind of a sheer feat of technology um, in yeah. terms of you know how games have progressed in like the twenty years that I've been playing them. Whereas as a game that has a very specific and unique art style often wins me over more, just because it's the art style that keeps me thinking for days. Um, yeah, so Life is Strange was was like that as well. The art style was kind of like a painting to me. Um, so and it just it gave me something to kind of focus on and to think about on top of the story and all that. But yeah, a, a, mm. a lovely, so beautiful art style is it's something that you know it's one of the reasons why games can excel at, at telling a certain story because the worlds that you can build, you know, using the kind of the color palettes and the specific kind of art styles means that the the art style can lean into the kind of story you're telling. Um, which just means that they they go hand in hand together, and it it makes a bigger impression on you than it would if it was just you know 
pages of a book or just you know a two-hour film or something like that where it could have a specific style to it you know like Blade Runner has a specific style to it and fair enough it's stuck with me for ages and still continues to do so um but it's a completely different kind of style where it's you know it's shot differently and it's more about sort of establishing shots and you know trying to sort of give you as much within the mise-en-scene as it can um whereas you know an art style is something that it's just it's it it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving really you know it's just every sort of screen that you go to is just kind of like a beautiful piece of artwork and i, I love that yeah. yes yeah i agree yeah um yeah it's beautiful um speaking speaking of a game that is um that is not a piece of art uh the evil within 2 uh, right so here we go better or worse <clears throat> better than the first one or worse? oh far far worse far worse <laughs> and i i had I it know, go on did you like the first one did you like the first one now here's the funny thing I like the first one more now than I did before playing the sequel. So just to put my sort of generalized feelings out there, I played the first game. I bought the first game the same day that I bought Alien Isolation. Alien got the focus of my attention. So I suppose to an extent, playing The Evil Within after straight after playing Alien was probably doing a disservice to Evil Within because I just experienced, well, in my personal opinion, one of the the best um, sort of survival horror games ever created. So that probably doesn't do it any justice. Um, So I don't really think that counts. But there are points of that, of the first game, where I felt they had some good ideas um, and it had some great potential to it. And you could really see the influence of Shinji Mikami because obviously you know he's done stuff like Resident Evil 4 and you know which is you know one of the held up as being one of the greatest games and rightfully bloody so um but so you kind of get the evil within was kind of like I want to say it's kind of like a shit sandwich but the shit was the bread and not the filling because the the bookends of the game were crap but the midsection of the game, that's where the, the potential was. And that's where all the good ideas and the, the great execution sort of, or for me anyway, was. Um, and so although I didn't come away from it with the best feelings, I could see the potential to the extent where if there was a sequel to be announced, I would be on board with it straight away just yep. because I wanted to, you know, to just give it that second chance thinking, well, maybe just a day, because it was a new IP, they wanted to... You know how so so many IPs where the first game struggles, but the second game, they just nail it. You know, there's just there's yeah. just that, a couple of things that they tweak and a couple of extra things they put in there where they just hit the nail on the head and just absolutely sort of nail the style they were going for. That was most certainly not the case here. So I think one of, one of the biggest factors for me is the fact that Shinji Mikami has step back from being a director just being executive producer and i think that has dampened the game quite substantially interesting um because with his uh sort of artistic vision he's able to kind of dream up these these horrible grotesque things and creatures that the the first game is is well known for um 
So you would imagine that they would try to continue that in the sequel, but they just don't. They absolutely just collapse in on themselves. Granted, they give you a couple of things. Like there's one called the Obscura, um, which is just it's kind of like a it's a, a weird thing that kind of I don't know, walks along like a, a spider thing, I suppose. But it's got like an old scar, old old style camera um, as a face. Um, and you're thinking it looks good, but it's just it doesn't really have the impact that the mm. the, the previous games enemies did. Um, and there's another one that's got like a, a massive sort of uh, circular saw for a hand. Um, yeah, again, looks cool, but a lot of the time, the reason why these enemies just fail to have any impact is because they're just bullet sponges. There doesn't really seem to be too much strategy. Maybe if you play it on hard, there might be, but um, there doesn't really seem to be too much strategy. It's just either get out of its you know field of vision or dodge its attacks and then just keep shooting it in the place that is most vulnerable until it dies. And don't get me wrong, that can work as, as a good set piece for a game, but it just Love completely just fell flat. It did not seem to just gel at all. Um, where I feel like what they were going for was just missed so so hard. Um, to the so is this more of a shooter? Is it? Uh, kind of. Are you shooting more? Well, I mean, they, they give you um, a fairly robust stealth mechanic. Um, which the main reason why it's so robust is because if you're playing it on the lower difficulties, um, the AI is quite forgiving. So even if you're kind of you're sneaking up on an enemy and they turn around because they have this kind of this pattern where they will walk to a certain place and they will sort of turn around left and right quite erratically, um, and sometimes they might actually turn to like do a full one eighty so they're facing you. If that happens. You've still got, I don't know, probably about a second to react and do get away with doing a stealth kill. So you have got that kind of that that safety net, um, which mm. is is good for giving you a robust stealth mechanic, but it doesn't necessarily feel good because you're thinking, well, really, they should have spotted me, and you know that would be a fail on my part, which would then lead to an action sequence where I would be compromised and I'd have to sort of hunker down and defend myself. Um, but a lot of the time you could just bump into an enemy, take them down, and then that's that. And the stealth mechanic feels, you know, it's it's extremely basic, but it works and it works well. Um, just due mainly to the AI just being a bit crap. Um, so, and although it gives you the stealth mechanic, you get the feeling that it gives you an absolute arsenal. So you you really feel like they are trying to push you down the, the action road because you know it gives you um like uh so you've got you've got yeah yeah so you've got several different pistols and then you get a shotgun and you get a crossbow and you pick up a sniper rifle i mean i used the sniper rifle once i shot one bullet from that sniper rifle in the entire game and i thought "Ah, that's just not for me and i never touched it again um towards the latter that's different from the previous game because the previous game was quite restricting on the bullets wasn't it yeah yeah it really was and the first game felt more like resi 4 you know where you had you pretty much had just a corner and you had to defend yourself in this one corner and you know your heart was racing because you were rapidly running out of ammo and then because you were tensing up so much you were missing shots which then meant you were wasting ammo so you increased the tension even further whereas this one 
because it's got it's got an ammo crafting mechanic you see so as as long as you keep um farming all the resources you need you could just every time you just go to like the safe room and use the mirror to get to the like the upgrade part of it you can just craft all your ammo so you can easily craft a load of ammo go out and do a couple of side quests because believe it or not there are side quests in this game and i'm not really going to say too much about them because they're shit um and really not not worth not really worth your time if i'm honest um because the side quests themselves are for two-dimensional characters you just don't care about uh the voice acting is terrible the writing is just piss poor um yeah um so the the ability to craft your ammo just kind of although i i appreciate that it's a good mechanic to have uh because it keeps the action flowing and whatnot but it does kind of again i suppose if you play it on the hardest difficulty it will be a bit different um but obviously not everybody's going to want to play on the hardest difficulty uh which means it kind of basically if you're playing it on anything less than hard i would very much imagine that the crafting mechanic is going to make the game just too easy because you're just going to be too OP through pretty much, I'd say, two-thirds of the game. Um, because there are just so many different resources around. I mean, I was, I never once ran out of resources to craft um, like uh, medical syringes to regain health. I never once ran out of those. Really. In fact, by the, by the time the game ended, I still had about 220 of them, of the actual herbs that you needed to create them. So you're thinking oh, hey. that... Yeah, so you're thinking that's more herbs than I would actually need to finish the game. So it kind of does chuck things at you in order to get you to engage with the action, which is fine because the action itself is it's good and it's fun. I'm not going to sort of take anything away from it. I did enjoy the combat um, and the weapons felt good and they felt meaty and they had, you know, a good, you know, the, the actual the gunfire sounded really good and sounded convincing and made made me feel sort of powerful and badass. But at the same time, it just kind of eradicated any form of tension to the point where um, I don't really want to go into you know spoiler territory because it's only been out for two weeks. But there is a part where you come across a character. <laughs> this particular character is called... I'll say the character's name, but I won't go into any detail. The character's name is Father Theodore, which we immediately um, took all of the tension out of by just calling him Father Ted, like the old um, comedy series. Yep. So <laughs> yep. that immediately got rid of any attention because every time I saw him, I was like, oh, you will have another cup of tea, Father, and all this sort of stuff. Would you, you like know. a cup of tea? Exactly. You know, so go that... on, go <laughs> on. Yeah, so, so that immediately just got rid of any form of tension they were trying to build up. But the way that this character um, was acting was, um, was they were trying to basically wear you down. Um, and the way that they did that was, so, you know, in, um, Metal Gear Solid 4, how, um, Kojima basically just kind of did bosses that were essentially the same as in Metal Gear Solid 1, just slightly different. Um, mm -hmm. but so he knew that he'd had two games in between one and four. Um, so he tried sort of boss fights in those two games and in Metal Gear 2, it didn't really sort of hit the mark. And in Metal Gear 3, I'd say about two-thirds of them were, were good. So he just decided to just go back to what he knew and just change it up slightly. Well, in The Evil Within, what they do is they just they take the creatures from the first game and just put them in the second game. Which says to yeah, me yeah. that... 
they had no ideas for any original monsters um and that was incredibly disappointing um because you know that with a game so as as much as i had flaws with the first game i could see where it had potential and one of the the biggest bits pieces of potential was the creatures and the actual the design of them you know but so what i want is a continuation of that not just a retread of what we've already had because that just says to me like you you have no ideas yeah yeah yeah. because with a monster game horror game that's the whole bread and butter of the game is exactly monsters yeah (laughs) like yeah i mean especially with this because uh, the characters were awful the voice acting was just laughable the writing was terrible um so i thought well if i could at least like if I'm not going to get a decent story because the story is just awful. I mean, so this, the setup for the story is, and this isn't necessarily a spoiler because it's sold to you in the actual trailer, but you're you're trying to save your daughter, but your daughter, you are told at the start of the first game that your wife and your daughter are dead and then they're never mentioned again throughout the entirety of the first game. And you're told that right at the very start of it. So why are you now going with two characters who I've, taken an entire game believing they were dead and that they weren't even going to get a second thought to then make them primary characters in the sequel it just seems like they were really clutching at straws for a setup because the setup is just it's so cliched and i've heard people say that it's self-aware and that you know it's just it's a commentary on itself i really don't think it is i don't agree with that at all i think it is trying to take itself seriously but in taking itself seriously, it just falls flat because the yeah, shame. yeah the way the way the story set up is just awful. Um, I mean, so when I sat there and I watched it, I actually sort of put my controller down. I said, "Really, you're going with that of all things? Like you you have no better ideas than to dig up characters that I have believe that I believe were dead for so many hours." And now you're just telling me that they're primary characters in this game. How does that even work? Um, and they're not fleshed out very well. Um, they're kind of two-dimensional, just like all the side quest characters. Um, yeah, um, it's just awful. Um, and I hated every second of it. And I sold it the day after I finished it. And I was glad to be rid of it. Um so, because I well, well done finishing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I thought I paid my money, um, so I thought I better see it through. And it also, funny enough, because it came out on Friday the thirteenth, but my copy actually turned up a day early. So you know, which kind of negated the whole point of it coming out on Friday the thirteenth. You know, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, on one hand, it was like, oh, cool, yeah, it's turned up a day early. That means I can actually start it a day early. But on the other hand, I'm thinking it's supposed to be a specific Friday the thirteenth release. That doesn't really have the same effect if it comes out. Friday the twelfth, but whatever. Um, um, you got yeah. it done. Yeah, but I mean, so I went, I finished it on um, last Friday, and I went and sold it on Saturday. I went and sold a load of stuff, including. Sorry, Brian. I sold Destiny one and two. Um, Brian's gonna, <laughs> Brian's gonna hate me for that. Um, yeah, but I I sold both of them and a few other things, and I got a pretty decent amount actually. They gave me ninety five pound trade in. So what I did was I put in an extra five pounds and I picked up Shadow of War and uh, South Park. So I oh, very good. Yeah, bargain. So I was quite happy with that. Um, yeah. So um, I would just round off my game 
section, I suppose, by just talking very, very quickly about uh, Cuphead. Yes, I know what you have to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not a lot I can say about um, Cuphead that hasn't already been said. Um, it's it's an incredible achievement of game development. Um, and what they've achieved is, frankly, astonishing. Um, the art style and how meticulous it is, it's just second to none. Um, there is nothing I can say that hasn't already been mentioned by a thousand other people who can put it much better than I, I ever could. Um, but the gameplay is is rock hard. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to get into the territory of saying, oh, it's too hard, because it's it's not too hard. It's It's punishing, but in the best kind of way. Um, so it took me about 120 attempts just to do the second level. That's how hard it is. <laughs> oh, heck. Um, yeah, but so I, I do intend to get back to that. But Cuphead, I find, is a game where I love being in that world because it's so meticulously crafted. But uh, it, because of the difficulty, I kind of need to spend time just psyching myself up for it. Um, but so hopefully, um, you know, watch this space and I'll have a bit more to say about it in, in a few weeks' time. Um, cool. Yeah. But um, that's that's my game section done. So um, I'll let you uh, round things off with what you have. Well, I, th- well, I think I talked enough for my packs about the games I've been playing at packs. But um, just a few things I picked up. I got my Nintendo Switch back, which mm-hmm. I had sent off for repair, uh, and just in time for our trip, which is fantastic. And I picked up Stardew Valley, and I was very happy to find it was only eighteen dollars New Zealand on the Nintendo eShop. Nice. Which is good. Um, and yeah, it's really good. Everything Jeremy, Chris, and everyone else has said is true. It's a fun. It's actually quite fun. <laughs> um, lots to see and do, and some very strange things seem to be afoot. Um, and yeah, just been playing it while traveling and and in the evenings while on holiday. So yeah, Odin really likes it too. Uh, he'd be playing that now if we didn't buy Mario Odyssey. Um <laughs> And I also tried rigs for VR, um, the VR PlayStation VR exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was free with PlayStation Plus this last month. Um, damn, it is cool, but also damn, it makes me feel sick. <laughs> I felt so ill oh, after dear. playing it. So so <laughs> ill. To be to be fair, I haven't played much VR recently, so it's it could be a bit of of that that it's um, I've lost my my sea legs, as yeah, you might yeah. say. Um, but it's, it's very cool to be able to, you can, there's different, uh, control systems you can do. You can do a look and shoot. Hmm. Uh, so where you turn your head is where you're aiming. Yeah. Um, yeah. oh no, that's always the case. Sorry. Hmm. Um, but you can do it so that turns your mech around as well, or you can do it. So your right stick turns your mech and then you're looking and it's pretty cool to be able to look and shoot. Like that's a pretty cool feeling. Um, yeah. But it's once you in the in the test rooms where you get a test of the controls and whatnot, it was fine. Once you start running around the arena, oh, <laughs> yes, I got the cold sweats, the hot sweats, the the sore tummy, yeah, yeah, all of it. Uh, <laughs> so um, not good. It's hard to try and get back into it. But I only tried the tutorial. Uh, I may try a match just to see how it goes. 
Um, and I may switch to the controls where I'm not using the right analog sticks to chip move around and just relying on my head movement. That may help. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's rigs. Um, it's, it is pretty cool. Like it's amazing what you can like be in a mech and that's just pretty darn cool. But yeah, just the sickies aren't fun. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's pretty much what I've been playing outside of packs. Um, well, one last game I didn't mention on my packs chat, which is pretty cool—a little indie game called Projection, which I thought was quite fun. I know, um, like Cliff and 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 Jeremy, well, um, and a lot of the dudes around this podcast, we like our um, sides like side scroller adventure games, kind of like Limbo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one. It was very much like Limbo because it's all sh- uh, shadows. It's uh, you play as a shadow puppet. And the, the control gimmick and um, platforming system in this is you have an orb of light you get to control and you move that around to sh- change where the shadows are cast and you can walk on the shadows. And I thought that was quite unique and interesting. Uh, don't think I've played anything quite the same as that. Uh, it's called Rear Projection. Um, it's a cute little game. Um, yeah, very, very, very intrigued by the mechanic um i got stuck on like the very first puzzle and the lady had to help me uh, <laughs> but it's because it was so new the way to control the environment by using the shadows hmm. um so but once i obviously got that out of my system and she gave me told me how to do it like it, it started to flow quite well um, and the puzzles ramped up pretty quick um and were quite fun um to better use that light uh, so yeah, projection is another one to look out for. Nice. Yeah, but I think that rounds us up. I probably should go see the see what the kids are doing and get off to meet my my wife and get to packs. So fair shout. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. Yeah, it's been um, good chatting with you, Josh. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been it's been, it feels like it's been forever to be honest. So, yeah, it has. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good chat. Good to finally sort of. <laughs> purge all the games i've been playing and get out of my system it's been lovely lovely um yeah so like i said earlier i don't know how this episode is going to pan out whether this is going to be stitched um with the one that's happening tomorrow or whether this is going to come out as its own separate episode we just have to wait and see um i'm waiting back to um waiting to hear back from from the guys as to what we're going to do so you might hear this first and then that episode later. I don't know. Everything's up in the air because it's the weekend and that's just how we do things here. Um, so, yeah. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, Vader, where can people find you on the internet should they wish to do so? Uh, VaderVanOden.com and we're hoping to get a, a PAX recap uh, with Odin's uh, views on what he saw and did. Um, extra to what I've talked about today. There's a few other things I didn't discuss. So, um, this should be on our YouTube channel soon. Nice, fantastic. Um, and if you want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Morbid Beard. Uh, I'll be talking about Blade Runner for the next few years, probably. Uh, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um, if you, if this is your first time listening to us and you like what we do here, uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Dark Inside Pod. Uh, you can find us online at darkinsight.net and then you can find all every episode we've done so far, um, plus all the links to all our personal um, Twitter pages and whatnot and 
all the information for every guest we've had on up to this point. Um, and if you enjoy what we do, if you could leave us a, a five-star review on iTunes, uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, and I will speak to you in a few weeks, and I shall say, uh, see you later. Bye-bye.